Today, I'm going to be closing out our table series. And if you would so turn to our uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9. This morning, we're talking about staying at the table. Staying at the table, not just being at the table, but remaining there and staying there. 2 Samuel chapter 9, we'll be reading 1 through 7, and then we'll go to, I believe, 2 Samuel 16 in just a few moments. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. As you are turning there, uh, Sarah is actually downstairs this morning. She'll be here second service. But we just wanted to say thank you so much for your kindness and your generosity. The last month uh, for Pastor Appreciation Month and last Sunday, Pastor Appreciation Day. Just thank you so much. We've taken the time and we've read every card and uh, laughed and all those good things and shed some tears throughout the time. And we just thank you so much for your, for your kindness, for your generosity, for blessing us with your words, and just blessing us uh, as part of our family. And we can't wait to see what God does in your family. And we can't wait to see what God does here at Legacy Church. Amen? He's just getting started. So we thank you so much uh, just for your kindness and your generosity. And um, if you haven't watched the blooper video, be sure you watch the blooper video uh, because I believe some people have a new uh, found... Um, uh, fondness or appreciation for those people that do make videos because making videos is not it's not easy it is not easy so if you watch the bloopers if you need a good laugh you will realize uh, that making videos it, it's, it's not as simple as it looks so uh, thank you so much it is thank you so much it's been um, as a great month for us and we appreciate your generosity second Samuel chapter 9 uh, starting in verse 1 it says David asked is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba, and they summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. And the king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame. He is lame in both of his feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Makir, son of Emil in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makir, son of Emil. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness. For the sake of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, for these last few weeks. I believe this is the fifth, uh, this is the fifth message in this six weeks. Lord, and I thank you, God, for just showing yourself to us about the table today and throughout these weeks. And I pray that today you remind us that we're just not called to the table. We are called to remain at the table. Lord, so today, Lord, challenge us with this word. Let it, uh, let it take root into our heart, into our soul today, Lord. I thank you in your name for everything that you're about to do. And the church said amen this morning. Amen, amen and amen. As I said, this is our fifth message for the table series.
We've, we've talked about a lot of things today. I'm talking about staying and remaining at the table. If you've missed any of those, please feel free to go to our iTunes and you can check those out. Uh, if, if you've been in life long enough, you know that life is all about decisions, decisions, decisions. Life is full of decisions. Every day, as soon as your eyes open, you don't realize it, but you are making decisions. You are making decisions. Am I going to get up? Am I going to hit the snooze button? Uh, I can't stand people to hit the snooze snooze button. It gets on my nerves. Sarah likes to hit the snooze button. I don't like the snooze button. I'm like, when the alarm goes off, get up. But she likes to hit the snooze button. So she makes the decision to hit the snooze button, sometimes four or five times. So whatever it is, I'm just like, just get up already, okay? But uh, whenever, as soon as your eyes open, you are already making decisions. What your day is going to be like, am I going to feel good today? Am I going to go to work today? Am I just going to lay here all day? You don't even know it, and you're making decisions. And as, and as soon as the day starts, there comes the decisions in our life. And we make decisions on what to wear to our place of employment. Some decisions are easy. Some decisions are hard. Some decisions come with great pain. Some come with, with, uh, with, with, with some struggle. But all day long, all throughout our life, we are making decisions. And in the middle of decisions comes challenges. And for some, the decisions you make in your, in your marriage leads to challenges. For some, it's a challenge to be single. For some, it is a challenge just to get up and get yourself here at church. It may be a challenge for you. And just, just making it through this thing called life is full of decisions and full of challenges. Decisions that are made during challenging times will determine where we will be in a couple of hours. Your decisions that you are making right now can determine where you will be in a couple of hours. Your decisions that you make, it will, it will determine where you will be next week. Decisions that you are making right now could determine where you, where you will be two years from now. Challenging decisions will even determine the legacy, what your legacy will look like like. Those challenging decisions are shaping legacies. Decisions also will determine where you spend eternity. The decisions that you are making right now are deciding where you will spend eternity. And due to the power of a decision, this is why we cannot rely on our own intellect. The Word says in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on Onto your own understanding, but in everything, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, or the NIV, I believe, says submit to him, and he will direct your path. That is the power. We got to realize that whenever we are faced with some difficult challenge or decisions, we cannot rely on our own understanding, but it says to lean not, but, but lean to him. And as I was walking around the facilities this week, I believe it was Thursday when it started out. 70 degrees and ended 30 degrees. I was walking around the facilities making sure all the heat was working, making sure everything was going on fine and everything was turning on fine. And, and, and I, 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 was, I was realizing that, that just how quickly seasons can shift. Seasons can shift just like that in your life. One decision, one thing, that, and, a, and a season can shift for you. As I was sharing with some of our volunteers this morning, I, was, I, 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 felt, like, I felt like I was standing on the brink of a, of a shift this morning for my life because I was driving here about 6 o'clock. It was pitch black dark, and I was about here to the table, and I realized there was something in the road 
road and I was trying to get over and there was someone right next to me and I had to hit what it was in the road and as I was about two feet in front of it I realized it was a gas can and the gas can as soon as I hit it the gas can exploded under my car and I could see flames I could hear it dragging under my car and flames were shooting out under my car so I'm on 27 in our Murchie it is pitch black dark no one is around me and I just pull over and I, I'm getting out I'm afraid it's going to explode on me and I just grab a stick and one good hit and it just shoots it, 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 the, the, the gas can just flies out from under and just a moment a season in my life could have changed you've got to be prepared for those for those swift seasons in your life that can change whether you ask for it or not how many of you have ever been in a season that you really did not ask for it just kind of came that way see seasons can happen because they don't ask for your permission they just kind of come unannounced. They don't need you to sign a waiver. Seasons don't ask if you have insurance. They don't consult your legal team. They don't care about the availability or the lack thereof. They don't care about your calendar. They just come. Just like on that Thursday, it was 70 degrees, and by the end of the day, it was 30. There was nothing that could be able to stop the cold front, the season that was coming. And while everyone else was out buying candy, in costumes getting ready for this Halloween a cold front was blowing in and while those people left their home that morning they were dressed for the current condition or the current season but many of those same people were caught off guard because they were not dressed for their future seasons Hmm. They were not ready for the future. It is during the shifting of seasons that we find out the importance of our dress code. Because if we're not dressed for it, you will not be able to survive it. See, although Mephibosheth came to the table in garments that were not allowed, he was dressed in rags. He was in a place of Lodabar. He had been there all of his life wearing the same thing. His, his hair was outgrown. His nails had not been trimmed. He was dirty. He had not had a bath. He was literally in rags. And although he had come to the table where those garments were not allowed, I can guarantee you that he did not stay in those garments once he got in the presence of the king. Because they, they dressed him in garments so that he could stay at the table. He traded his rags for riches. They trimmed his hair. They trimmed his beard. They bathed him. Why? Because the word says, you will always eat at my table every single day. See, you can come to the table just as you are, but you can't stay there just as you are because once you've been to the table, there are things that change in your life. Hmm. Mm. See, 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 the decisions that you make and the garments that you keep on will determine the length that you stay at the table. See, this is the part of the story that's fun because this is the part of the story that's really not politically correct. It's not politically correct because it's just foreshadowing the gospel. See, it's not politically correct because it is displaying how the table of the kingdom works. And while anyone can come to the table, in order for you to stay at the table, you've got to change some of your garments. Mm. You've got to change some of your garments. See, whenever you come in contact with the king, there will be things that you did before that you're no longer attracted to. 
See, once you've been in the presence of a king, whenever you've been at the king's table, uh, the, the, old, uh, the old you gets pruned and the new you starts to thrive. Whenever you've been with the king for just a moment, there are some conversations that you would used to have that you no longer partake in. Once you've been in his presence, you will still be tempted, but your garments that you have on will uphold you. Your garments will sustain you. Your garments that you have on will remind you of the covenant that you took when you received his invitation. We don't like to talk about this process because it's really not politically correct. We want everyone to come, but, we, but, 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 but we're afraid to tell people there's some things you need to change because, 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 because everybody says, you've got to love everybody. I heard, uh, I heard a pastor talking not too long ago, and they said, they said that, the, that this gift of love uh, has, has become like the 11th commandment because now everybody wants to talk about love, but nobody wants to talk about change because we're afraid to address it. And nobody wants to talk about this process anymore because this process is called holiness. Mm. And it rubs people the wrong way because what it does, it starts to show people there's some things in your life that's really not right. Hmm. There's some really some things in your life that you really need to change. And the word says, be ye holy for I am holy. Change some things in your life. Move some things around because if you want to be like me, you can't stay in those garments much longer. I'm going to give you three things, three garments that are so important to help you remain at the table. This is not some revelation. These are basic, so, such basic garments that, that, that you could probably name the three right now. But they're so basic that we have forgotten about these garments. The first one is the garment of word. The garment of word. If you want to stay at the table, you need to have on the garment of word. See, it was at Lodabar. It was a place of no word where he was delivered from. They took him from the place of no word. He was delivered up from a place called Lodabar, a place where the word was not allowed. Listen, when God delivers you from a place, do not return there. God delivered you from there so you would not return there. He delivered him from a place where the word was not spoken so he could be in a place where the word was thriving. See, the word is like the main entree on the table. It's like the best cut of meat. It's like the chef's special. He knows the cut and the temperature that you need it. What it is, and, 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 and what it is, it's like the best of meat. And while it is the best cut of meat that you could have, it can be difficult for some people to consume it, especially if you don't have spiritual teeth to chew it up and to digest it properly. And someone needs to understand this today, that you've been hearing the word, but you've not been chewing on the word. There are too many people in the room that we talked about last week, but they're not at the table because they have a word hidden in their heart, but not the word hidden in their heart. They've got a word that kind of pulls them together, that makes them feel what they're doing is right, but they don't have the word hidden in their heart. There are too many people that want others to chew up the word for them. There are too many people in the room that want other people to read the word for them. There are too many people at the table that are trying to be spiritual but not scriptural. Hmm. 
See, you can't be spiritual without being scriptural. Mm. There are too many people who want to walk in the spirit, but not walk in the scripture. Mm. Those people will find it hard to stay at the table because they mistake spiritual hunger and spiritual malnourishment as temptation, and they give in. What does that mean for us today? In other words, temptation is looked at as a negative thing. But if you are in the word, you understand that temptation is actually a way of, 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 uh, that, that, that lets you know that there are certain areas in your life that need attention. Temptation. People look at it as negative. But it is really a way, whenever you experience a temptation, it is really the method that you someone who is in the word can know that it is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is your own being that's letting you know there is something in your life that needs the word. There is something in your life that needs the word. But those who are not in the word see it as simple an act of the devil as he's trying to destroy you. And so many people who are not dressed in a garment of word, they will lean not into their own, they, they will lean into their own understanding and they will lean into the way of Satan, and before you know it, they've slipped away from the table because they did not they did not lean on the word, but they leaned into temptation. But if the word is not there to quicken you in the moment and remind you of this revelation, you will lean into temptation and not into the word. God wants you to be clothed in the word. He wants you to be clothed in the word so whenever temptation comes, you don't slide back from the table, but you slide closer to the table. You slide closer to him because we have so many people in the church today that are at the table that are trying to read through the Bible, and that's great. But your goal should not be getting through the Bible. Your goal should be getting the Bible through you. Because in Psalm 119.25, the psalmist says, quicken me according to thy word. In other words, he says, whenever I'm about to slip, quicken me with your word. Whenever I'm about to stumble, quicken me with your word. Whenever I'm about to make a bad decision, quicken me with your word. In other words, revive me with your word. When I can't find, when I find myself giving into temptation, when I find myself leaving the table, quicken Quicken me with your word. Remind me of your word. If you want to stay at the table, you have got to get to the main course. You have got to get to the meat. You've got to get to the word. You have got to get to the word. As I said, it sounds so basic, but so many people have forgotten the basics. The second garment that you need to stay at the table is a garment of prayer, a garment of prayer. Lodabar was not only a place with no word, it was also defined as a place with no communication. 
He delivered him from a place where there was no communication. There was no prayer. There was nothing going on. He delivered him from that place to the place where there was open communication with the king. And just as I said before with the word, never go back to a place where God has delivered you from. Never go back to the place. Whenever he's brought you into a prayer season, never return back to that place where there was no prayer. Because the communication allowed him not only to hear not only did it allow the king to hear his voice, but it also allowed him to hear the heart of the king. Prayer is not only about talking, but prayer is also about listening. We've been talking about this in a small group called Whisper. It is about listening to the voice. It's about listening. That's what prayer is. God transcribes his plans for you via prayer. He writes out his plans for you via prayer. His plans may arrive to you via a song or a word of knowledge or a sermon. But guess what? That was all birth through prayer. Prayer is like Drano to a, to a pipe. It can clear the passage way and allow direct access to the king. That's the power of prayer for you. Prayer keeps you at the table because it, because it keeps your mind on the one that invited you to the table. While everyone else is talking about who, who she may be with this week, or what everyone else at the table is talking about what he's wearing or what everyone else at the table may be talking about what the Joneses are doing and while everyone else is just trying to be a messenger you know just spreading the mess prayer keeps you out of the mess and aligns you for spiritual success that's what prayer can do for you simply put prayer keeps you focused Prayer keeps you focused. It's so easy to lose focus while you're trying to make a decision while sitting at the table. See, there are actually family members who will try to gift you away from the table. Hmm. I know none of you have those family members, but there are some family members that will try to get you away from the table. Your job sometimes can try to get you away from the table. There will even be some church people hmm, who try to get you away from the table. They just rub you the wrong way. They looked at you. They thought they were being prophetic, but they were being pathetic over your life. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, those people, it's like they are always against you. It's like they're always trying to get you. They're always trying to distract you. But whenever you develop a spirit of prayer, you will see distractions that are coming from a mile away. You will know bad company as soon as it knocks on your door. You'll know that God's plan for your life is to the right, but distractions are telling you to go left. If you want to stay at the table, you must have on a garment of prayer. You must be in communication with the king because the word says he heard my cry if you want the attention of God stop telling it to your neighbor and start talking to God somebody needs to get a garment of prayer on if you want to stay at the table get a garment of prayer get on a garment of prayer the third garment I want to remind you of it's so basic but it's so forgotten. The third garment that you need to stay at the table is a garment of praise. As I spoke of last week, 
The first time that we see Mephibosheth outside of Lodabar, he's on his face before the king. Posture gets you into heavenly places. The king, David, knew about garments of praise. This king, David, knew about some praise. He knew about going through seasons of life. If you ever read David's story, he was not a saint at all times. He had some baggage, but God still used him. David knew about garments of praise because while David was moving the Ark of the Covenant, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, he was moving it from, from the tabernacle into the tent of David. And as he was moving it there, if you know this passage of Scripture, it's a beautiful passage of scripture because in 2 Samuel 6 verses 13 through 16 it says when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps he David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf wearing wearing a garment an ephod David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might and while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets isn't this an interesting story every six steps he was making a sacrifice every six steps he was cutting a rug of praise if you want to stay at the table you've got to be able to walk through life with all of its messes with the praise. See, here he was, every six steps, he was offering up a sacrifice. Do you know what a sacrifice was? Sacrifices were for repentance of sins. Wow. Can you imagine every six steps you are asking for forgiveness? David must have really been going through some mess in his life. If it took every six steps, he would, he would get a fattened calf, the best calf. Can you imagine how many calves he had to be taking along with him? He must have been walking through some mess. For every six steps, he had to, he had to slay a calf. And if you've ever watched the process, they would literally cut the neck of it and the blood would spill out. So every six steps, can you imagine how gross this was? Can you imagine how nasty David was? But in the, in the, in the all in the mess, but all in the nastiness, through it all, he just kept on sacrificing. I believe that this was him making a statement. It was him making a big statement that there was nothing that was going to keep him from his destiny. You don't know what I've been through. I know all of you who are watching me do this, you know who I've been with, but I don't care. It's under the blood. You know everything that I've said. It's under the blood. Every six steps, you know I've gossiped a lot. It's under the blood. There was nothing that, it was, that he was going to take from his past into his future. And all of a sudden, not only was he, not only was he spilling the blood, not only was he making a sacrifice, but the word says that he was wearing a garment and David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might. And while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets, he was dancing in the middle of mess. Hmm. How hard is it for you? to praise in the middle of a mess. And although he was covered in the mess of his sacrifice, there was no mess, there was nothing that, that was going to interrupt his worship. In other words, he, was just going to, he wasn't just going to wear his garment, but he was going to exercise the right of his garment. Every six steps, he would just break out in a dance. But you need to understand something, that praise not only gets the attention of God, but praise also gets the attention 
destruction of your enemies. Mm. There's nothing that the devil hates more than you to be standing in a mess getting your praise on. There's nothing that the devil hates more than you to be standing in the middle of sacrifice. Nothing he hates more for you to be standing there with the literally blood on your hands, but you can still praise every six steps. But you need to know that it also gets the attention of your enemies because the word says in, 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 in uh, verse 16 that as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him with her heart. <sighs> See, when you find yourself at the table, there will always be someone watching from a window to see how long you're going to be able to make it. <sighs> There's always somebody. How long are they going to be able to keep that dance up? But you've got to understand something today. Praise seals the deal. Praise makes enemies scatter. Praise is a sound released when you're in the middle of mess just to let the mess know that it does not have you. If you want to stay at the table, you better get on a garment of praise because even at the table, there's going to be a mess. Even in the church, there'll be mess. Even at the table, there will be a mess. People drop stuff at the table. People spill their drinks at the table. People make mess at the table. But a garment of praise, when everybody else is making a mess and you've got on a garment of praise, it's like a spiritual bib. It just lets the mess roll right off of you. That's the power of your praise. Stay at the table. Get on a garment of praise today. Stay at the table. Get on a garment of praise today. Because in the middle of your mess, your praise will just allow the mess just to roll right off of you. That's the power of praise in the middle of mess. That's the power of praise at, at the table. Stay at the table. Get on a garment of praise. I'm talking about decisions today. I'm talking about garments today because there's a piece of the story that we haven't discussed yet. It's a piece of the story that some were not expecting but so many can identify with. And it's 2 Samuel chapter 19, verses 24 through 25. It said Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, went down to the king because the king had been on a trip. And it said Mephibosheth had not taken care of his feet. He had not trimmed his mustache. He has not washed his garments from the day that he left the king. And when he came up from Jerusalem to meet the king, the king asked him, Why didn't you go with me, Mephibosheth? Why are your garments dirty? What happened? Mephibosheth got away from the table 
and slip back into a life that he was delivered from. All it took was just a moment. All it took was a decision. All it took was him taking off his new garments and putting back on his old garments. And the one that had been redeemed found himself looking and acting just like he did before he was redeemed. The king didn't have to ask him some deep theological question. The king didn't have to ask him to fill out a questionnaire. The king just looked at his garments. He said, oh, no, no, where have you been? Your garments, you ain't got the right garment on, brother. Something's wrong. What's wrong with you? Why you got that garment on? Why are your garments torn? Why are your garments dirty? Where have you been? You're supposed to be eating at my table. You know you can't stay at the table looking like that. Why do you, why do you have on your old garments? Because he had slipped back into a place of Lodabar. He had slipped back into a place where there had been no word. He had slipped back into a place where there had been no communication. He had slipped back into a place where he had lost his praise. No longer do you hear him bowing down before the king. He had lost his posture. He had put on back on... He had put on the old garments back on. I tell you today, there's a lot of garments that we can wear. There are a lot of trendy garments and not so trendy garments. There are, lot, there are conservative garments and not so conservative garments. But no matter your style, no matter your style of garment, you better always have on a garment of word, a garment of prayer, and a garment of praise in, in every day of your wardrobe. Stand with me this morning.